Welcome to yet another edition of PBE Daily, the early mornings and late night podcast. My name is Point Blank Ivumbi and I'm grateful to actually have the time to make this episode come to life. Inspired by the activities of yet another week and research that happened therein, I would like to thank you for also the guys who've been pushing their podcast to the next level. I mean, I know it's wrong for me to keep on pulling this 50 cent type act where I keep on saying how many numbers we've gained, but... I am drawing closer to having a thousand listens in total worldwide. This means this is huge for me to to reach a level where this activity that I create in this comfortable SQ that I'm living in and to have it all go to as many people as it goes to from the comfort of this tiny space and it's just me speaking my different ramblings into a phone and you guys get to enjoy it and actually see the perspective in that which I'm creating I cannot thank you guys enough and I cannot wait to see what next numbers we actually get to hit and what next frontiers we actually get to and the reason why I keep on saying thank you for for all this is because you make it possible for me to keep going and even and even though many people would like to say that they're not comfortable with the idea of having an audience dictate what that, that which they create I'm, I'm grateful I get an audience at all because the artwork I create, the, the, the verbal use of, of ideas that I put out is something that will always going to go side by side and go coherently with everything I intend to create in the future. And this is one of the reasons why this episode makes so much sense. And to a lot of guys, it's going to sound hilarious because you never think I actually knew some of the stuff I'm going to speak on. But bear with me. I'm not trying to half-ass this one. I'm going to try to speak from a perspective of gratefulness because... A, a, a lot of this was inspired and, and, and informed by my oldest brother. Shout out to Ifram for doing this for me. When I was in my early teens, my older brother was beginning to learn about bodybuilding. And he had these magazines which were considered the most important magazine to have as far as the flashy magazine to tell you about bodybuilding. It was a, a magazine called Flex Magazine. And Flex Magazine was this, this, this piece of documentation where when you looked at it from page to page spread to spread was basically bodybuilders of both genders just lifting um the craziest numbers of weights and they're all glistened up and then they're looking at this muscle structure and i was trying to learn how to draw muscles at the time so i'd sometimes ask my brother to give me the books he's bored of so i could be able to actually flip through the pages now at that time remember the internet wasn't as accessible in nairobi as it is now there wasn't even internet in the house. If you wanted to get anything online, you'd ask dad if you'd go into his office. And luckily for us, dad's office at the, at the time was within the compound. So even dongles hadn't come out. And you you would be lucky enough if you even saw any piece of this information coming out. So there's moments where my older brother would be unhappy with me picking up his magazines and trying to do what he was doing as far as bodybuilding was concerned. So slowly but surely, he started creating a gym for himself. And I watched this man gain in mass and gain in muscle and he competed i think once or twice but then which is probably the default place that most people who are getting bodybuilding curiosity is they probably become security in nightclubs and my, my bro did that at the age of 21 he was one of the security guys in the, one of the local nightclubs and since then he moved on to other things because he's he's always had a curiosity as far as muscle structure and muscle ability and the healing of muscles so when he chose to become a physiotherapist for a couple of years and then move from being a physiotherapist to even doing more things with himself it it always stuck with me the different steps he took because even the art i do was inspired by what he created so recently i was watching interviews by this guy i will keep on name dropping he keeps he has the, a youtube channel called valuetainment and valuetainment is controlled by a guy called patrick bet david and patrick bet david is an individual who 
he fascinates me by to what extent he actually pushes himself to come up with content and very compelling interviews the kind of people he talks to like former mob bosses or former mob gangsters former uh, business owners turned uh, board members of their own businesses and other people who've moved from being former board builders to becoming now people who work in the nutrition industry and this episode that i watched was very inspiring it actually touched on the, the reason why i made this particular episode and the, the idea was this he sat down with the six-time Mr. Olympia champion. Now, Mr. Olympia is the competition that takes place in the United States where you get to see if you are the most aesthetically impressive bodybuilder in the world. And this, one of the six-time bodybuilding champions is the guy called uh, Dorian Yates. And he was sitting down with Dorian Yates, a man who's a native of the UK. And this man, there's a time he actually came to Kenya, but I didn't get the chance to go see him because, well, my work schedule is what it is. And I'm, I'm not even a gym rat to save my life. I'm not even trying to get into CrossFit in any way, shape, or form. I'm trying to learn how to even figure out how to work out a workout regiment outside of the walking I do every day. So, and thanks to this phone, if I can hit 6,000 steps in a day, I think I've made a great stride for myself. So I'm trying to see if I can get the steps to even 10,000 if I have to but still be able to get to the office on time and neither here nor there anyway Dorian Yates was talking about how he decided to get into bodybuilding and the different steps he took because he was always athletic but he just found this new level of respect for the bodybuilding and the appearance of this like you're, you're almost looking like Hercules or should I say Heracles the, the godlike appearance that a person could have as being a bodybuilder is concerned and when I heard this tale it literally made me even more curious about who this person is because I've always known what his name is I've always known the championships he's won but I've never seen his mind the way they described it and this always this guy suffered a bicep injury when a ligament tore off and he still competed the years after and his, he, even he says that his left side is completely affected by the different injuries because one injury just leads to another and then another and then another and he keeps on bettering himself as he goes but now when, when the age came in and he accepted the fact that you are not able to do these things forever it made me respect him even more because his mind dictates a lot of what he does as far as his moves are concerned and i like calculators i like people who take the time to actually yes they're obsessed about that which they want to put out but they're also obsessed with how they're going to make sure that they are okay in the end it's not for them a matter of or die trying that's not an option that's not even in the, in the checklist of things to be done and it made me start thinking about how the whole mind versus body situation i'm the kind of person who for, for the longest time and I've, I've since then reformed from doing this. If an idea hits me and it's so potent and I can't fight it, I have to deal with that idea at that specific moment. Screw anything else that I'm doing. This particular idea must be addressed. And it's one thing that actually affects my everyday work. Because there's a lineup of pieces of animation that I need to create, right? And from these pieces of animation, that those which are supposed to be shorter and easier to finish quickly, and those which are harder, which you are saving to do later because you'll have a better understanding and you'll have better time to actually execute them perfectly. But sometimes a spanner falls in the works. And this is the spanner. You wake up one day and that one shot that you are always asking yourself, how will I make that character do that? How will I be convincing enough with that specific move and then you wake up one morning and you're walking to the office no earphones on just listen to the environment listen to the world around you and you're walking 
and the perfect way to do it comes up. And when it comes to that level, I literally drop everything and focus on just that move. Making sure that move comes out and it looks exactly how I thought it would look. And until I execute that, nothing else matters. But then, the things that make you suffer is the timings that you actually expected it to actually have end up coming to fruition. You feared it might take more than two days to do, and then it actually takes more than two days to do. Now, that you expect it to have finished six, seven different things at that time means you have to overcompensate after the fact to make sure this thing still moves in accordance to the machinery that you had created for yourself in order to, the, to make sure the timelines are true. It's the biggest pitfall of creativity. You want to have the thing come out in accordance to the plan of a perfectly sitting 9 to 5, but it can't work that way because sometimes the perfect ideas demand more time. And the reason I chose the word demand is because it's not really an option when it comes to your head. So then I think about mind versus body. Whenever those kind of triggered moments where I'm very, very excited to do specific things, the one thing that suffers is A, sleep, B, the kind of diet I'll take, because sometimes all I want to do is just have a, a meal that is quick enough, just throw it into the system, give the fuel to the body and move on. I mean, if, if I could get myself fed intravenously, a couple of those idiots actually would do that. And it's not healthy, and I know I'm trying to make, make it sound like a mockery, it's not what I'm trying to do. I. I sometimes, when I'm in a creative fever, feel it's inconvenient to even sit down and eat. And I know that because when I was going through my toughest period years ago, I'd not allow myself to eat because I haven't fulfilled the thing I wanted to fulfill at the time. And here's the thing, even if I'd put out more than six, seven hours of work, I still say those who don't work don't eat. And if I feel I haven't fulfilled that I wanted to work on, I will not eat. And then when it comes to the time when you've actually finished that thing that was really bugging you and you've actually executed it perfectly, the first thing I do is binge. I will dive into a plate and I make that meal be the most amazing thing ever. Even putting that into perspective right now kind of struck me in a, in a weird way because I've never been the one to actually speak on the things I know I, I probably do that are destructive and are not to be applauded. But it's like a receipt for my excitement for the things I create and hearing Dorian Yates I'm sorry I went into a, a rabbit hole right there but hearing Dorian Yates speak about how it was always mind of a matter and how he would take time to execute his plans accordingly made me happy about the different methods that I do things he still has documentation of every regiment he used to do as he continued building himself up in the muscle capacity and in the muscle strength and the, the different levels he would actually be able to bench press and do his his, his dips and, and then the, every workout regiment he had he has the documentation of how he did it from 1983 to 1993 this guy can tell you and he can pull a book and tell you how he actually worked out and on top of that even from the top of his head he can tell you the numbers because he knows them and he knows the different events and the different individuals who are doing that event and it ties back to the kobe bryant character because even he it's, it's almost like a photographic memory of specific moments that were very very valuable and in my case i also have that build of I'll also look at specific moments and why those specific moments stood out for me and why those specific moments are why I keep on creating what I create. It's not every day that I hear the story of the people who create things that I love and I'm excited because I feel I suffered 
repercussions of an action that probably shouldn't have been brought to life or brought to light in knowing so much about an individual like Kanye West ended up me not liking the idea of what he's doing with himself currently because for lack of a way of sounding like I'm, I'm trying to be bigoted knowing more about his life ended up making me not take value into that which he creates because as a person who really is fueled by passions to watch a person who's passionate seem as if he's doing those passions with an angle that it feels faked when a person is doing something in order for them to get a boost in residuals by that I mean this every time I've personally tried to create a piece of work with a specific hope of it turning into this blockbuster oh my god everybody saw it I'm so excited it was commercially viable every time I've done that that product has never gotten to see the light of day or has never gotten to see amazing levels of respect so I end up pulling myself back and asking myself okay then how are we supposed to execute this and by pulling back I ended up having perspective so everything I create I decided has to be given a thousand percent and then when it comes out at a time of my own choosing as much as we'd like to have things written in stone screw all that we'll write that in stone we'll aim at the number we've actually hit because we want to have speed in the level of creativity that we have but even if we don't hit the mark that we had set as far as the timetable to make sure it's out at this time do we have quality I am quality control for myself in the most aggressive way and when I think about mind versus body and how I make my body suffer in order for me to be able to create things I just decided okay we need to change the the, the formula still makes sense it's how it ends up hurting that we need to fix so work on turnover time that's faster but that has rest and time for the mind to rejuvenate itself and re-energize itself the one muscle i'm always working if it's a muscle at all is my mind i always push my mind to make even greater things come to life if i cannot have my mind pushing out or churning out even greater material i am failing i cannot allow myself to fail in life it's the last thing i want to happen and i I consciously make decisions to pull away from certain things and pull away from certain circles in order for me to be able to do that which I personally am happy with. To decide to be a bodybuilder is something that's actually, you have consciously told yourself that you're going to have eight meals a day, you're going to be in the gym working as much as possible and then there's something that the, the man Dorian Yates said that actually stood out when it came to when we were speaking about it. It's a very, bodybuilding is a very counter kind of exercise because you want the energy to work out but you're supposed to eat less calories in order to be able to have more protein in your system and have the more protein build the muscle but stay with the body fat being low it's an oxymoron in a sense so you're trying to find a way to make sure your muscle build up goes up but you can't have muscle build up and not have the energy to lift up the weights that actually are supposed to build that muscle so how to make that balance come to life is the most difficult balance to actually be struck and when i heard a bodybuilder who's actually a six-time mr olympia speak that way with muscle injuries to actually attest to these facts i became even more inspired and more respectful of this man and it made me think back to that what i was speaking on the previous episode to what extent am i willing to make sacrifices to make great work come to life and since i'm hearing a man who's actually been 
now is now into a different field of bodybuilding and body and, and, and wellness and, and, and fitness is concerned to see that he actually understands that there's also been an evolution in what which was expected in bodybuilders and their appearance and their physique and and how it's moved from an industry where it used to be just bodybuilding to now we have crossfit we have mixed martial arts and i'm a person who's been curious about two particular things krav maga and bodybuilding and because i, I, I as much as i'd like to be muscular and gigantic i would also like to have practical muscle in the sense of i want to be able to do certain things that the human body can execute for example i want to be able to protect and defend myself and be able to still comfortably walk around and carry my body around because fitness is probably going to be very important for me in regards to things like breath control because when i get on stage and i'm supposed to hype an event for like seven hours if i'm going to be on that stage for those seven hours i have to have the endurance level for not only for my voice and not only for my body but i need to make sure that things go according to plan and in order for me to actually do that all that matters is making sure i am well trained and well taken care of and the training i give myself is probably self-based because i personally want to sit down and find my own personal formula to make things work my own personal formula to make things be executed and completed because another thing that i've predominantly speak been speaking on in this podcast and it's an evolution that's continuing to take place is i'm personally trying to find my own personal balance in being able to do more than I am able to do currently. When I wanted to work with collaboratively with other artists in order for us to be able to work on different books together because you know it's always a regiment of a different inker who does the pencil work and who does the, the lettering and who does the coloring. I do all three facets because I couldn't find any person who not only can I pay them on time but would be willing to collaborate with me. When I have more than one person I have to deal with in order to make something come to life, it tends to take longer. And in my mind, it makes sense for me to find a way to make sure that my body can actually carry the weight of doing all this work and having all these pieces of work come together, still to the international quality I'd like to be known for, but also with the integrity of wanting to stand out. It's not a perfect world as it stands. I want to be able to compete in the global market as far as my work goes. But I also don't want to make it happen at the cost of my physique and at the cost of my, of my body and mind and soul. And the sacrifices I've chosen to make as far as my life goes, they may be perceived as very painful things, but when you consciously make the decision to make certain things suffer for a while, not, for, not permanently, but just for a while, I get content and I'm comfortable with that. To be a person like Adorian Yates, for example, who spends predominantly a very high number of hours in the gym working out, it means some other things about his life have to suffer. It means that you have to reach a level where the, the, the work that you're doing in that gym of lifting those weights feeds the family and takes care of the family. The work I do by sitting in front of these desks that I, uh, that I um, came comfortable to be sitting in, the one in the house and the one in the office, when I'm sitting in front of these two desks, I'd like to be able to, by the time I lift my head up, that I've done something that is fulfilling to me and makes me happy. And by the time I go sit down with my family, I can tell them like, yo guys, great things happened today and I'm glad I got to do them. But while I was away, tell me everything that you guys were going through and let's bond from there. It's not a perfect world, 
especially if you're trying to make something come to life that no one else believes in. But since I'm here and able to make small moves come to life, I will do my very best to make sure that everything that is in the machine, my mind and my body, makes sense. I hope that that which I've put together on this episode is leading you in the right direction also because I'm certain I'm going to actually revisit this episode because as I continue to learn from people who work in different fields, uh, scientists, and, and these are all stuff I'm getting from YouTube and, and different blogs, I hope that I actually find even more execution for this greatness that I would like to have within myself. I use the learned lessons of others in order to make sure that when I learn my lessons, I make great things come to life. Say it with me. Be Caesar or be nothing at all. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode and helping me to encourage myself to keep bettering myself with the quality that I create and put out for you. And with all that being said, Uno. Oh